Episode 2, Action Dystopia, only on Climax! 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 Max the Climax! 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 Are you doing the Terminator 2? I thought it was coming. <laughs> that is for the second. That's for Climax with three X's. Oh Hi, welcome to episode two of Climax <laughs> Action bad. Dystopia, where we are going to discuss uh, futuristic sci-fi movies. We're going to go over uh, social impact, and uh, you know, maybe we'll do that rules thing we discussed in episode one. I am Matt Loman. I'm Kyle McVeigh. Nick Allen. We are yeah. your hosts for Climax. Climax. Do we do it again? <laughs> Every time, every time we say climax, we, we play the theme song, and then it ends with Kyle just slapping his boner up against the bottom of the table. Which is typical. That's a hearty-sounding boner. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and its timber has been uh, has been compared to a nice mahogany. I see what you did there. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we broke Thank the table. You. It happened. So we did it. Two episodes. Two episodes in a row. Huzzah. God bless us. Thank Christ. I have to sacrifice a lamb. You know, it's kind of like, I want to do a good job. <laughs> you know? Well, sure, we should start yeah. again. And, and the last, I think that's and, a great start to a podcast. And, and the last thing I want to do <laughs> is uh, is let down uh, all three of our listeners. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of research. I think we're and, all here. And uh, uh, two in, and it still doesn't feel like homework. <laughs> and thank God for that. Yeah. No, there was a lot of research done. Honestly, the most research I've done... Since college, probably, it's been done for these two podcasts, which is terrifying. Well, what's interesting is, is it's like it's like shame. I know if I drop the like ball, the Fassbender movie, like one of you two will just like <laughs> attack me. Oh yeah, that's probably so. True. It's like I just don't want to let down the side. Yeah, yeah, this that's is really what it, is. it comes down. We're just to. trying to keep walls here. Like I'm working on a, a an episode of of television, yes. a spec script for the show that I work on. Yes, completely disavowed it today. Yeah, yeah, to just do to. this. Yeah. I I barely did my job. I don't want to. On this I don't want Friday. to admit anything, but I didn't do my job either in preparation I, for that. Right now, I don't have a job, but if I did, you I would have not been have ignoring it. it. I would have also ignored it. I ignored doing nothing to do research for. The- yeah, you 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 took you took a, a fucking break in your fun employment mm-hmm. to to work. And if anything, that's more impressive. You know, so yeah, these, I, I think that's really these nice. three movies that we watched last night. I rewatched today. I watched Demolition to. Man. I watched Demolition Man twice at work, and then Running Man one more time. Yes, absolutely. Let's do this. Okay, so we have we have questions. We have viewer questions or listener Bullshit. questions. Do we? No, it's great. That's awesome. Okay, so the first one is from Phil. Will you address the existence of the RoboCop compilation video, <laughs> which Nick finished literally 10 seconds before we went to record, and other instances of on-screen junk violence? Well, I feel like that'll be... Oh, man, this should all be... This will all be addressed in this episode, but... I made notes while There is a beautiful... Uh, in Who who created it? it? It's It's basically... It's a huge Channel 101 collaboration... Where they split up the movie RoboCop into every scene, gave each scene to a team of filmmakers, and they each 
produced that scene and then they cut it together. For, for those of you who, who don't know, although I can't imagine more than five people of you listening to this, for those of you who don't know, Channel 101 is like a monthly film festival Pretty much. where teams create a five-minute TV show, not a trailer, not a compilation, a five-minute episode of television, and then submit it and they get selected and then people watch it live in a theater in downtown Los Angeles and vote on it. And whoever wins gets a gets a top five spot, gets to make the next five minute episode, and then what what it feels like we're not survival we done any of research. the fittest. It does, yeah, exactly. Survival of the funniest. We're not sure. I don't. I haven't done the research. Maybe you guys have, but this is basically those people coming together to make a movie, and they just split into scenes in each, yeah. and then a different team was responsible for each scene. Um, Some of them had like two scenes though. Yeah, and then there was one episode. There was one scene where it's the scene from RoboCop where the woman's about to be raped, and then RoboCop shoots one of the rapists in the dick through her skirt, <laughs> taken to just the most absurd level. And it is the most not safe for work thing I've ever seen. And every person I talked to watched it at work, <laughs> like like a fucking Cold War spy sending uh, sending transmissions, you know, over the Berlin Wall. But uh, Nick actually finished the whole thing, so I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to him. Well, what was it called? I, I forget. It's, it's called like our, our RoboCop. Our Robo-Cop I, it's all on Vimeo. Yeah, honestly, mm-hmm. you should just go watch it. The fact that it exists, you should go watch it. It's made by a bunch of funny people. Channel 101 was co-created by Dan Harmon, who made Community and co-created Rick and, Rick and Morty. Morty. And then Rob Schraub, who did uh, Scud the Disposable Assassin. Mm-hmm. And then if you like anything on uh, NBC and then uh, Comedy Central, he's uh, he's directed a lot of that. Yeah. And Adult Swim. But uh, it's... It's insane. As far as other, I think, famous genital mutilations, uh, I saw one today Which in The Running Man that we'll get to. Um, I think one of my favorite genital mutilation jokes <laughs> is in Steven Seagal's Hard to Kill. Sure. When he closes yes. in on the bad guy, and then he shoots between his legs, and the guy just kind of looks at him, and he's like, I missed. I never miss. It must be smaller than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Ah! Motherfucker! That's good writing. I mean, that happened. You Steven can't make that up. Seagal. That happened when he was a CIA killer. God damn it! Phil, we acknowledged uh, the RoboCop remake, and we told everyone to go watch it because it's great. But I think we might have to just do a segment. We're gonna do some research, and we might just do a segment on on-screen junk fonts. Okay, and then the next one, I'm not gonna reveal this person's name, um, because of the heresy. Yes. That this person asked. Yes. But their question, their their thing is, please explain the appeal of the raid. Sad to say, I just don't get it. Okay. Uh, we're done. Okay. We're done. <laughs> no, okay, so... <laughs> we're done here. Okay, so from an action... Just don't listen. Just stop. From an action movie standpoint... I anymore and I'm done. From an action movie standpoint... I know who said this, it is, and you're better than this. <laughs> it is the purest distillation of the Die Hard formula. Um, it, is, it is the Die Hard formula taken to the nth degree. Um, it's tight. Uh, there's not an ounce of fat on it. It just everything that happens propels it towards like that inevitable end. Um, the martial art in it is Salat, which has not really been seen. It's like a combination of uh, the fluidity of kung fu and, and it's then, terrifying. And the strikes, the strikes it's of very terrifyingly like, oh, fast it's, and oh, hard it's hitting. Like, it's not yes. like, oh, fist fight here, fist fight. Oh, they're fighting again. There will be some kicks. No, it's like he grabs a fire extinguisher. Uh, I don't know. People uh, die grenade. in that movie in every way humanly possible. Yeah, I mean, 
Uh, Literally. But in here, pl- ways that I hadn't even thought of. But even even if you don't like action movies, I mean, from a purely intellectual standpoint, um, as mentioned on another podcast on the Explosive Magico brand, My Arms Are Lasers, um, episode two, which uh, uh, they were kind enough to have me on, Nick uh, fo- uh, founded that podcast. Um, we discussed we discussed Snow Crash, and there's a part in Snow Crash where they say... Um, once industry's gone and once everything's left America, there's only four things America does better than anything else. And it's music, movies, pizza, and code. So basically, America's only import is is cool. Like, this is what's cool, this is what's awesome. So now you have a country that doesn't really have a lot of say in the film market internationally, uh, Indonesia, and we, we get to see what 50 years of our culture put into a country and like what comes back out like it's mm. it's it's it's, it's our amazing. cultural cash or commodification and it's just interesting to see that and, and we get a little bit of that late 80s early 90s with like the um, the hong kong action cinema and stuff like that like how chinese movie pacing changed um in the 80s and then like it's kind of interesting to see another culture kind of absorb what we did so you have the movie it's like uh, seeing our baby take the whole thing step. is like the the best thing that could ever happen to possibly, certainly, Japanese cinema, which they will never acknowledge us. But, like, <laughs> the best thing that could ever happen to cinema in the the rest of the world is that they take our pacing. Oh, my God. That's Japan the best thing that could that. ever happen. Real fast. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm looking at you, anime. And that is a super tight, and it's really impressive because it is a country that does not produce pop culture. It is not known for producing film or anything. And they regurgitate. Or if anyone's even heard of it. Yes. It is. <laughs> yeah. What is this? Japan? And they spit out this movie that is going to be a fucking classic. Like, worldwide, it's going to be a fucking, like, classic. It's going to be a standard forever. Straight up. And the thing is, and, and what's interesting to look at is, um, in the movie, is it as a growth. Um, the first movie was called uh, Marantau. M-E-R-A-N-T-A-W. And it's all the same guys, but it's the action scenes are great. It is super sloppy. It's a very sloppy. It's a very kind of shaggy dog movie. And then you have something like this, which um, the director's name is Gareth Evans. He's uh, he's Welsh, and then everyone else on the team of is of course is from like Jakarta. A and Welsh guy. the the growth the growth from Marantau to Ray a Welshman is incredible. <laughs> Like it's, I mean, it's it's exponential. It's such a huge leap in terms of like proficiency and stuff. But at its core, I mean, purely on a visceral level, it's just, it is a relentless, vicious action movie. Relentless. Um, there's a SWAT team trapped in a, a, a mob-controlled apartment building, and they just have to fight their way to the top because there's no other way to get out unless they like have the boss, and that's just what they set out to do. And it's uh, it's hyper violent. It's very well shot. Um, you know, it, it kind of does like the, it sort of does that hyperkinetic, super fast, smooth fighting that kind of started with the Born Identity here in the West, and then kind of went out the window. Cause but the you Bourne can still see what things character. going on, yeah, I mean, but, but it does it so much better. The point is, is, is this: my Midwestern parents, my father is a huge action fan. My mother will kind of just pseudo watch whatever is on the tv screen all the time like she'll be like doing laundry doing something i put that in for the i put the raid in for them on blu-ray of course uh and they lost their shit they were just like fuck like enthralled from top to bottom from beginning to end 
And I don't know what else you want out of a movie than that. Yeah. I mean, than uh, to be fucking <laughs> taken away. It is all the promise we put into Tony Jaw, and then he squandered <laughs> uh, in uh, Ika Uwe's. And that's and then they're making a sequel, which is going to be great. Which looks so good. Look up. <laughs> they just go next door to the next building. Right. I don't know what it's. It's American. It's going to come out here in March, and I'm so glad I live in a major city so I can actually see it in a theater. Yes. But it's called the Raid to uh, Berendal. B e r e n d a l. Look at the trailer. Look at the international trailer. Um, the U.S. trailer is all the same footage, but it's just much better put together. It's than the international. But it's. I don't like that there are people in the world that are masters of this martial art because no one else has a chance. We'll all die. That's fine. I see, but I feel that way about anyone with martial art. <laughs> Unless anyone you're... capable of martial art, it makes I fear them. It could be a child, an eight-year-old black belt, <laughs> which also which shouldn't fucking exist, but it does exist. Which doesn't. Make and they will sense. take Kyle's money because oh, they they'll have. fucking take my money immediately. I, I'm terrified of them. Fuck them. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, I don't think we should be training our children to be killers. First of all, but that's that's a whole different issue. It's how I don't. But I don't know where they're from. You don't know their struggle. I don't know where they're from. You don't know their struggle. If you're in the inner city, I don't know. Maybe you learn judo. That's fine. I get it. But I don't know. I don't have kids. So now we're gonna we're gonna introduce a new recurring segment on our show called Big Mistake. Big Mistake. Big Mistake. Where we pitch each other action movie ideas and uh, see if they're viable and if it's even worth writing the beautiful 100-page screenplay. I'll start us off. Dwayne the Rock Johnson <laughs> is Vance Slate. Good. The owner of the number one camping store in Washington State. This self-described sleeping bag salesman likes his quiet life raising his daughter as a single father slash entrepreneur until a gang of convicts, also a team of all-star hitmen, stage a daring escape and decide to hide out in the vast forests of the Pacific Northwest. They just need some supplies and a hostage. The convicts escape in the wild. With, with Vance Slate's daughter as an insurance policy, confident that this weakened warrior is helpless to stop them. Big mistake. Big mistake! Big mistake. Because Vance Slate is a retired seer instructor. <laughs> seer, survival, evasion, resistance, escape is the elite wilderness survival training taught to fighter pilots, Navy SEALs, and Green Berets to teach them to never surrender. To make a man more comfortable amongst the untamed hellscapes of the earth than you are in your own pussy fucking living room. This summer, The Rock is Vance Slate in Kill of the Wild. Kill of the Wild! <laughs> and then the tagline is Campground Beatdown, sing this song, do die. <laughs> I want it on a t shirt. Fuck. I'd watch that movie. I mean, I I'm a little biased. Watch I'd watch that movie. I'd watch The Rock uh, cover his naked, glistening torso in uh, mud and leaves and stockmen with a hatchet in the woods. That's not a problem. It's basically just The Rock's predator. I would watch that movie, and I would watch the fan remake of that movie. <laughs> the ultimate compliment. The ultimate compliment. <laughs> Nick, go for it. All right. Nick, Nick gave me the first line. It's very good. <laughs> Clive Owen is... How <laughs> <laughs> Sold. Sold. Clive Owen Sold is. Clive Owen. <laughs> Clive Owen. Here we go. Clive Owen is Lance Gunner. <laughs> Your run of the mill U.S. fighter pilot. While on patrol over Asia, he is shot down during a multi-nation first strike against the U.S. <laughs> 
He crash lands in Thailand and wakes up with complete amnesia. <laughs> then, okay. then, a mother tiger nurses him back to no, hell. Shut the fuck up. And takes him in as one of her own. Oh, Years pass, God. and as he learns the ways of the tiger, the multination collaborative known as the New World Order has devastated the US. The WWE? And taken charge. <laughs> All right, so they're in charge. The NW is in charge. Right, here we go. Back into back into the voice. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted Hulk Hogan in the NWO. He could be in this. All right. Well, while on a hunt, Lance Gunner's adopted mother, adoptive mother, gets taken captive by oh, the New World Order. It's Ministry of Entertainment. They have a Ministry of Entertainment God. that's collecting tigers for their commanders, gladiator <laughs> games. <laughs> Back in New North America, he follows them back to base and stows away on the plane. While in the air, his memories of a fighter pilot come rushing back to him. They land on an island to refuel, and it so happens there's a prototype jet in a nearby bunker that the NWO doesn't know about. They thought they had air superior. They thought they had air superiority, and they thought they had demolished all resistance. Big mistake. <laughs> Big mistake. I got two taglines. <laughs> One is, here is Roar through the wild blue yonder. And the second one is, rising up, back in the skies. <laughs> okay. Oh, because the title is, Sky of the Tiger. <laughs> Sky of the Tiger. Okay, oh, so. I didn't come up with the title. Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to go into executive mode. I like it. Because we can get the the kickboxing action of a martial arts movie, mm-hmm. and the dogfights of Top Gun. Yes. Will there be any opportunities for shirtless volleyball? That's a good question. You know, there, the island could have a very large beach. How topless can the tigers be? <laughs> can we shave them? He could ride a tiger. Is that a problem? Is Zoe Saldana available to do mocap as the mother tiger? How engorged would that mother tiger's tits be? Well, I mean, you'd need like a Clive Owen-sized man to drain them. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not a tigerologist. <laughs> Tigologist. Neither. We'll, we'll have a PA do that. It's not important. It's not a problem. Not I a like problem. it. I problem. would. I would greenlit that immediately. I love it. Uh, I half-assed mine <laughs> and didn't write the rest of it. <laughs> All I really have is the first line, which I am a fan of. <clears throat> but I'll try to make up the rest as I go. Which do you? Sylvester Stallone Soul. is Dr. Deke Shelby. That's Deke. Hey, Shelby. Deke. Dr. Shelby. Hey, Deke. They call him Deke. Deke is some guy working in IT. <laughs> Deke. All I could think was Deke Diggler. When I was like, Deke. Deke is the name of somebody's fursona. <laughs> I guess. Hey, Deke, can I get those files up to room three? I think I'm farting while I'm laughing. <laughs> uh, my fursona is a psychic wolf dragon. His right. name is Deke. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) Just make it Dick Shelby. He's Dick Shelby. Just fix the last name. I grew up in Shelbyville. It's a terrible name for anything. I changed it to this. Dick Shelbyville. Dr. Dick Destroyer. (laughs) 
a little on the nose. Because <laughs> Lance Gunner wasn't. <laughs> is there anything past his name is? Yes! <laughs> There's like half a paragraph, but I can't do it. I'm done. Kyle, please go on. I can't. I've, I've, I haven't wept this Kyle, much. Pl- Kyle, please go on. This is the best thing Since to happen to me. funeral. I went to it. <laughs> I'm fine with Deke. Just go on. <laughs> Deke is a great name. Well, the, just keep going. <laughs> Dr. Deke Destroyer. The Triple Deke. They call him Triple Deke. Why they call him Triple Deke? <laughs> Obviously. Obviously what? There's only two Ds. No, it's Dr. Deke Destroyer. Triple Deke. No, it's really good. Uh, Just gotta hear who he picks Sylvester Stallone to play. <laughs> okay. You can All do right. it. Ready? Sylvester Stallone <laughs> is, is Dr. Deke's destroyer. <laughs> Dr. Deke destroyer. A speech therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Living in a small Midwestern town. Hey, Jimmy, I Good advice. Thanks, coach. <laughs> When Ginger, his youngest patient. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, he destroyer because he destroys those kids' mouths. Oh man, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Big mistake. <laughs> the whole thing the ta- is a Tagline is this. <laughs> Is this is this in a world where everyone else's speech is worse than Sylvester yes. Stallone's? Ginger's basically a mute. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You broke it. <laughs> broke it. Let me fix you. You gotta keep on some. You gotta let them see you bleeding. Sorry, have asked this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You definitely should not have gone last. <laughs> I don't want to set a precedent. <laughs> Alright, let's just get into the actual show. <laughs> okay, so Jesus. the meat of the episode. Action dystopia. Action dystopia! Climax. <laughs> we pick three we pick three movies. Well, let's explain the genre. Obviously, action dystopia, in case you don't know what words are. <laughs> um, it's it's clearly an action movie, and uh, dyst- it's usually a dystopian future is what we're talking about. We're talking about the fucking nuclear holocaust has happened, and now everyone has to fight each other. Or Road Warrior. Fuck, we should have done Road Warrior. Uh, ah, everyone shut up. Or something's <clears throat> off about society. The point is, is that we, we've reached a point where things are bad. Way worse than they are right now, and it's because of technology, it's because of society, it is because of any number of reasons. But but the reason we picked the three movies we picked is we wanted to discuss how close we were to that world. Yes. And uh, that's why, you know, we didn't do like a Doomsday or a Road Warrior or something. Yes. We picked three movies that not only were kind of, you know, the future that may happen, but but pretty satirical. But, yeah. But definitely kind of poked fun at, uh, at our ubris. If you will, mm-hmm. if you're if you're David, 
If you're Spanish, if you pronounce <laughs> things without the H. If you're that dude from uh, 300, Faramir. Yes. Ubris. Um, Ubris! So we picked three movies. Uh, the Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone, and uh, Robocop with Red Foreman. Yeah! <laughs> so which one do you guys want to do first? Let's start with Running Man. The Running Man. Running Man. Running, running Man. Made in 1987. <laughs> takes place. It opens in 2017 and then picks up 18, month, 18 months later in the Wilshire Prison Camp in 2019. <laughs> so it's coming up. It's... Stop. Is that like down the street from us? It's literally in two of these films, the worst parts of dystopian LA are where you guys live. Yeah, it's at the Miracle Mile Museum Row in, in Los Angeles. You guys live in future ghetto. Listen, the, you it's know it's pretty you know, nice right now. But you know what's it's nice not- about where we live is it's there, Silver Lake. <clears throat> Because yes. what's going to happen is the iron-willed authoritarian mm-hmm. government is going to mm-hmm. look at all those guys riding fixies wearing scarves in July yes. and turn it into a, a radioactive We'll crater. be the first to go. First one's up against the wall. So at least we're there. And I also feel like we're the ones with least resistance. Maybe maybe they wouldn't kill us immediately. No, you, you guys you guys are an affront to everything they stand for. Yeah. At least Arnold showed up with a beard he in the ruins great in of my movie, apartment. By the way, he looks fucking great. I mean, he's, he's, he's at the height of his powers. Yeah. All right, keep going. Uh, give us the rest of the setup. Okay, so The Running Man takes place in a dystopian future. Food riots. Society has broken down. The, the thin line between the haves and the has-nots has widened into a chasm. And the only thing that quiets the populace, that stops a complete overthrow, is bread and circuses. It's reality television. It is, it is the suffering of other people to distract them from their own lives. And it is... A game show called The Running Man. The Running Man. Running, which has running, and running, running, which has two of my favorite taglines ever. Run in, run, and uh, run, I'd like to read those before we get into it. Do it. The taglines for The Running Man the, movie or the, the TV the show? The actual TV show in the movie? No, the, the Running <laughs> Man movie. In 2019, in the future of America, nope. the best men don't run for president. They run for their lives. Fuck that. All right, keep going. <laughs> the second one is... A Isn't game, that? a game no one's ever won, but Schwarzenegger has yet to play. <laughs> it's not even his character's name. They don't name. even name his character. <laughs> oh, that's also, so the, good. For the first one, there's not even a president in the movie. No, uh, but there is reference made to the president's agent. Okay, okay so let's just get some stuff. Uh, let's get some stuff out of the way. It was directed by a man named Paul Michael Glazer. A.K.A. Detective Dave Starsky from Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And it's based on a book written by Stephen King, who wrote under a pen name Richard Bachman. And then in it, there's no game arena. It takes place over the entire world. That's cool. <clears throat> and it ends with a mortally wounded hero yes. flying a plane into the network skyscraper. Killing himself and the host of the show. So we should definitely Start. read the book. We should absolutely read the book. Yeah. Okay, so in the movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger, it opens with him. He's the biggest dude in this attack helicopter, and he's the pilot. It's terrifying. <laughs> he's, he, everyone else is wearing, like, flak jackets filled with, like, shotgun shells and, like, combat knives, and he's just wearing, like, a tiny hat. <laughs> and then he balks when he's told to kill uh, people, women and children, who just want something to eat, and is betrayed by his unit. He ends up in a prison camp, he escapes and tries to flee the country, is captured by the government, is sent to participate in the Running Man, where convicts are sent into an arena, and if they can get through all four zones, they earn their freedom. 
but they're stalked by high-tech futuristic It's like gladiators. a terrifying American Gladiators. It is It is American Gladiators for real. And if it's real the shit. The people chasing them down are called die. stalkers. Which is hilarious. Okay. <laughs> but so, the point is, like, the best thing about this movie, not the best thing, but one of my favorite things about it is that this movie, like, in the first second, establishes that Arnold is just, like, a pure blooded wonderful person who will not kill innocence like it's immediately it's like i will not kill them and then they subdue him and almost throw him out of a helicopter <laughs> instead they send him to a prison which i think all they do at that prison is cut metal and, and pile it up and pile it up somewhere i don't know what Move the this fuck. Rock or like weld it together and then cut it apart but, but, again but everyone in this prison looks like shit yeah, and they're just like barely hauling rocks, and they're like dejectedly pushing lawnmowers, and then Alex Schwarzenegger is walking around with a super sweet beard. Yes, just hefting eye beams on his shoulder, as if they're possibly giving him enough protein to sustain to sustain his mass. He probably could just eat parts of his beard. He's probably protein. just eating metal. Yeah, he's probably just chewing on metal. <laughs> you idiots! You making me stronger? <laughs> you big dummies! So he stages an escape. He gets away. Um. And then he tries to flee the country, and then he is betrayed by a woman who is living in his brother's old apartment. And then he is sent. Which, whatever the fuck happened to his brother, no one knows. So he is chosen by the host, Damon Killian, as played by Richard Dawson, who was on Hogan's Heroes and was the host of Family Feud and Match Game. He did a hell of a job. He acts his balls off in this. He, I mean, there's there's a guy who probably hated being a game show host. And used all that experience to play the perfect man behind the per- curtains, yeah. smarmy villain. Yeah. Uh, he he just... I didn't even realize that was Richard Dawson. Yeah, he just killed it. I mean, he's he's oh, he's charming, and he's oily, <clears throat> and then when something goes wrong, he can just switch it right off, and he's just a real prick. Um, probably one of the best examples of the, <laughs> of the, of the, of the man behind the curtain villain. He, uh, he's amazing in this. He's terrifying. And just such, like, a fucking sleazeball. And he definitely wants to fuck Arnold. <laughs> why? Like, like when, like Wait, when why? he, like when he huh? first sees Arnold like running in slow motion from the oh, prison, he's yeah. like, he's like, hello, beautiful. Yeah, he's like, and he says he calls him beautiful like five times. And, and then, I look at that majestic gazelle of a man. And then when Arnold wakes up after being caught by the police at the airport, God damn it, he's like. Hey, cutie. <laughs> and then he talks about his charisma, and he's like, you've got balls. I want to see your balls. And he just wants him in his stable. Like, after Arnold, like, murders three professional murderers, the guy's like, my God, he's magnificent. <laughs> he's what like, a specimen. I, I need you on my team. I need you in my harem. I mean, stable. I mean, TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want to fuck you. Wait, hold on. I mean, he's not a problem. He definitely wants to give it to Arnold. Well, you know, what are you going to do? In all fairness, you brought it up. He looks so good in the beard. One of my notes from this movie is Arnold looks fucking awesome. <laughs> well, He's I mean, literally at the height of his power in this movie. He's like mid-80s, late-80s, late-80s Arnold Schwarzenegger. 87. Killer beard, super ripped, and just like still young. And you just like, f- he looks fucking great. I'd vote for him. I have no, like, of course Richard Dawson wants to fuck him. Why wouldn't you want to fuck him? <laughs> Like that makes a lot of sense, Richard. If you can hear me, we feel you. (laughs) We Uh, get it. Who do I want to fuck? Top three answers are. 
Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Dr. Deke Destroyer. <laughs> and The Rock. JCVD. It's fine. So I love this movie because it's so insane. Like, where else are you going to have, like, killer hockey players? And an opera singer that shoots lightning out his fat Jesus fingers. Jesus Christ. Yeah, each, like, each, each of the American Gladiators, a.k.a. the Stalkers, have like a really weird personality quirk. Yes. They're all themed. I'll, uh, I've got a question for you guys. What would your Stalker theme be? <laughs> okay, so just to give everyone at home, if you oh haven't seen this, God. here are some of them. There's the flamethrowing cynic wearing chainmail with a jetpack. Hillbilly oh. lumberjack in love with his saws. <laughs> Opera-loving rapist Electro with a super golf cart. Hockey-loving professor, professor Asian. <laughs> oh yeah, he was a professor. He's credited he in the doctor. movie as Professor Toru Tanaka. <clears throat> and here's the thing: as I looked into it, he's a professor in judo. <laughs> Wait, wasn't he also odd job? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's a Hawaiian guy. Looks Japanese. And speaking of someone of Asian descent, what I really liked in this movie is he was like the hockey guy and they did like a gong thing and then he sliced the gong in half with his razor sharp hockey stick and I like to think he Destroying did it because he thought it was racist yes. but <laughs> hey, come on you understand is all the Asian superheroes are like dragon themed yeah, or yeah, sun themed yeah. or something they definitely went against the grain almost to a fault yeah and I, I appreciate that it. I appreciate that because it'd be like if every white hero from America was eagle themed or cowboy themed like that's what it's like being a ma- being Asian and loving superheroes, and these <laughs> guys were just like, awesome. no, he he's he's Asian and he loves hockey, and it's like, fuck, fuck, fuck yes, yeah, of course he does, fuck yes, just because it was so different, and uh, I really appreciate that. So now that we have flavor for the audience at home, Nick, your question one more time: What would your stalker theme be? Oh man, that's I got mine because right. I thought of the question. Oh man, I would be <clears throat> the barber Aryan. Fuck, I had one. And I would have... The Barber Aryan. I would have a huge mustache and a huge pair of scissors. I would cut you in half Two pairs of scissors. Two pairs of scissors? I'd be made entirely of scissors or a straight (laughs) shave or knife razor. Oh, yeah. Straight shaver would be great. That I would like... Scissors in one hand, Mm -hmm. straight shaver. And I'd whip them around like nunchucks. Fuck, that'd be good. Damn it. Wearing like pinstriped overalls, and a white shirt stained with blood. Damn it. I would be the gentleman gardener. I would dress like late 19th century dandy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I would just have like gardening tools like shears and a weed whacker and an edger. That would be good. A weed whacker would be fucking awesome. Yeah, that would be like my like, I would come out and I would, I would be like tending a rose bush. Mm -hmm. When I was was summoned. Mm -hmm. And then I would clip a rose and I'd give it to a pretty woman in the audience. Oh, that'd God be damn, that's right. classy. Oh, and then good. they would send me out there with the weed whacker to murder enemies of America <laughs> on television. Uh, uh, mine would be the smotherer. <laughs> and I would just be made of pillows and I'd have a big blanket <laughs> to wrap you in. <laughs> to smother you to There's, death. He just wants to lie. But where's your left turn? But Oh, you die. <laughs> I, I, wrap you, I wrap you in this blanket and you're like, it's so warm. I think you, you put as much thought into this as you did your big but, mistake. But, but <laughs> here's, here's, the, here's, here's the crazy accent for Kyle's is, all the while he's seeing children's nursery rhymes. Yeah, all that's the while still just straight creepy. That's awesome. Is that how you want to die? And he's giving you not. a binky. Okay, so first off, one of the things I love wait, about wait, this Wait, wait, no, 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 mine's the Birdman. 
Stop. Just birds, man. Yeah. Stop. And I eat worms. Stop. Go. I I I got I, I eat food and then I spit it in your mouth and take the <laughs> And just like that, he fixed the weird quirks. You would be called last. Like, after Arnold (laughs) killed everybody, they would, like, bring in, like, janitors. (laughs) Come on, baby. Oh, great. Let's bring in the baby bird. Let's go. Come on, baby bird. just in the back of the locker room, just wearing feathers. Just like, (laughs) put me in coach. I have a diaper. Well, Arnold (laughs) killed Steve, the security guard. Better sit in the bird, man. Finish your left turn finally. Jesus. The diaper. I'm in a diaper. Wait, I thought everyone was envisioning me in a diaper. I... In both scenarios. <laughs> I thought it was a given. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Both in both in both scenarios, as the smotherer or as the bird, I am in a diaper in both. <laughs> That's just okay. how that is. Perfect. Well, anyway. Okay, the point so... is that... <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so Stop to get into this. the arena, you start in the, like the the set in the studio in front of the live audience, oh. and they put you in a rocket sled, which sidebar looks fun as fuck. Yeah, it looks awesome. Like, why well, isn't that a ride? Yeah, I, I was know. like TriStar, Columbia, or Sony or whatever. I would add that at the park, and then have people yeah. in tire armor, and that's how you Receive know. Me. That's how you know in a dystopia. You're in a future dystopia if tire armor shows that up. That is a theme throughout all of these movies. Like, everyone in the future who is, like, underground... Literally underground. <laughs> quite literally. Like, literally, they are always an underground resistance that You're, is literally underground. They're wearing tires as armor. I want tire armor so bad. Or they, football every pads Every single movie. When, it, when is... There's not... A, well, all right, Robocop... Less less tire armor, but certainly in Demolition Man. It shows Demolition up. Man. Yeah. There's fucking tire armor, and it's awesome. And I want tire armor. But anyway, so you go down there, and these guys waiting for you in tire armor. So these who are those people? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Do they? No. I thought the same thing. They they either like live in the like, zone. They live in the, the game zone. zone. Like, well, then, like some of the resistance lives in the zone. It's very confusing what? because I don't know what the zone is. It's, it's underground. 400, it's four hundred square acres. It's four hundred square blocks of bombed out city. Yeah, but people still live there. Or well, the the reason there seem to be an audience has down there. a hidden passageway that they kind of like grouped and use that as a base of operations for their strike. But these like tire. Ravagers, I don't know. Well, what about the audience? I like to think down that there. they just live there and they're not even, they don't even know they're on a show. They're just hanging out. <laughs> See, I'm the other way. Just, I think they're like getting people. I think they're like interns and PAs. Yeah. And like wannabe stalkers. And it's just like, make sure, make sure I'm they, trying out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, did you see, did you see Barry? He really waved that stick at the guys. God, he came out of the rocket sled. He, he really threw that beer can really after him. Tore him out of that sled and drove his dirt bike around him in circles. Give Let's, him a thing. Give him a diaper. Give him a bird. Yeah, suit. Give him a diaper. Give him a bird suit. See what he can do with it. Give him let's, a blanket. Let's give him a three wheeler that shoots bolos at people's <laughs> necks and let's just try him. Let's out. just let him do it. Um, like like the Running Man is all the proof you need. That professional wrestling is fake because it hasn't evolved into this. Yes. Yeah. Like, if it was real, eventually it would be like, okay, no ring. Yeah. Bombed out city blocks. And they kill each other for real. Yeah, that that should happen. Uh, here's the thing I noticed musically about The Running Man. A lot of synth. Did you notice that I think a majority of the soundtrack was in Final Fantasy VII? <laughs> 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 Like, I swear to God. Like, you know when you get to, like, the creepy mansion in Final Fantasy VII, you find that one guy with the guns, I forget his name. Barrett. Uh, Barrett. 
Uh, no, not Barrett. Is the name Barrett? Barrett's a big... No, no, sorry. He's he has a gun arm. He's black guy with a Gatling gun. No, other scary guy. Scary vampire guy. I forget his name. He was optional. Vincent. Vincent. Thank you. Uh, all of the music that happens in that mansion is basically the music that plays the entire time in The Running Man. Like, literally. Anyway... Just thought I'd throw that out there. Also, but did Final Fantasy VII have That's girls in it, leotards dancing for like eight minutes no, before the show no, starts? No, of course it didn't. But my thought is that I think Final Fantasy VII either optioned the rights to that soundtrack or literally ripped it off. It was just playing in the bake break room in Tokyo. Yes, just twenty four seven. It's like, is Toshi fucking walking in the running? How can again? we make? How can we make this room full of Moogles scary? <laughs> Uh, oh, let's put the Running Man soundtrack over it. That sounds great. Okay, so that's the nerdiest thing I've ever said in my life. <laughs> this movie basically sums up every single role we had in episode one. Uh, the greatest, of course, being Arnold and the Quip. God, and I, he's so. And good I'm going to put this it. out there. I think Arnold is the best at the Quip. He's so good at it because first off, the accent instantly makes it memorable and recognizable. And even if you do yes. a bad Arnold, people automatically know you're doing an Arnold, and they know what movie you're doing it from. Yes. And he doesn't say it to be cool. Especially in this movie, the way he delivers a line, he genuinely thinks he's delivering like a sick burn. Yes. But he does it because he thinks he's dropping a cinder block yeah. on your skull. Yeah, once again, he's desecrating your memory after he's taken your life. Like That's a huge rule. Like after he kills movies. Sub-Zero, he's like, Sub-Zero, now, just plain Zero. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then he, and then he gets him twice because he kills, he kills him by lassoing him around the neck now with barbed wire. Zero. He, he lasts him around the neck with barbed wire, and, and then Dweezil Zappa, who's in this movie as the computer nerd, as they run up, they, as they run away, goes, "I'm really glad we killed Sub Zero." Everyone goes, "Yeah, he's a real pain in the neck." <laughs> the man's bleeding out. After, well, he also murdered him via neck. Yeah, he wrapped barbed wire around his neck and killed so, him. So he so got he him. He got him twice. And here's my theory: I think his Mister Freeze and Batman and Robin is a response to the villains in this movie because mm-hmm. he's like. I can do it better. <laughs> Holy crap. But like yeah. Icarus, he flew too close to the sun. Yes. Absolutely. And was punished for his hubris. And just it just backfired. Yeah. He did he did an entire trilogy of quips in Batman and Robin. God damn it. And we punished him for it. We punished him for being a true believer. He he burned everyone. Everyone like everyone when he one. for when he kills okay, there's Buzzsaw. Next is Buzzsaw. Buzzsaw is Crazy man who has multiple chainsaws and rides a motorcycle. A, motorcycle. Dirt bike. Oh, dirt. a dirt bike, of course. Uh, and Arnold murders him by taking his own chainsaw and cutting his dick in half. <laughs> there's your junk violence, Phil. Right, there's your junk violence. And then his quip after that is, is someone was like, hey, where's Buzzsaw? And he just goes, he had to split. Because <laughs> he cut his dick in half. All right, Nick, you had a, you had a quote? Uh, I guess this would be more towards the end, but he's like, Ben Richards, I live to see you eat this contract, but I hope you leave enough room for my fist, because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine. And then he rips a television out of a rock face and just crushes it. Oh, <laughs> That's the best line. I sat up because my heart on movie. just that movie, handle it. Like that, uh, I hope you save room so I can shove my fist down your face. And rip out your spine, and then he rips a giant camera TV. Oh, oh god damn it! Okay, so like Fuck almost immediately funny. after that, he's he's ta- he immediately immediately preceding that he just took a life, and he saw two of his only <laughs> friends in the world die. Yes, and then him and the female lead are like crawling over rubble. <laughs> 
And she's like, we should have taken the trip to Hawaii. And he yes. goes, I had the shoot for it, but you fucked it up. <laughs> it's like, That's my favorite. It was said, actually... So naturally yeah. that it wasn't like Arnold delivering. A you f- fucked it up. He didn't even. Put it wasn't a burn. It wasn't it. me. No, he was just like very matter of fact. Yeah. I really hope it was a mad ad lib. <laughs> it's also true. She did fuck it up. We're just out here having fun. We're down here <laughs> in the ghetto. <laughs> I was going to time. fucked it up. Okay. Now so. we have these Adidas jumpsuits. <laughs> Who designed these? Run DMC. <laughs> Jesus. So. What did uh, what did the Running Man call? What did it get right about uh, the future, Nick? I raised my arm. Uh, the Running Man predicted six dollar cokes at the Running Man Stadium. <laughs> I wrote this Wait, as a really? note. Yes, in the hallway before it starts. While uh, 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 sh- shit, what's the uh, female character's name? Amber. Whatever. And, uh, but no, she's in the hallway trying to buy a coke. She's like, "Give me more change." She's like, "Ah, six dollars for a coke? Yeah, we're almost there. Wow. We're certainly there for beer. We're over that for beer. Well, we're, yeah, we're, we're there. We're there for, for movies. At, at a at a spo- no. At, yeah, movies. We're at five dollars, six dollars a coke. Yeah. I don't know what they got right in this movie. Well, the obsession with reality TV. Certainly, it's there. Uh, the modified game show format focused more on failure than victory. Well, yes. PC Basically, and home. just reality show. Period. PC and home. He used it for buying stuff th- online. Like we do, tickets. literally have a wipeout, which yeah. is just a, a show where people get hurt. And the thing is, if it didn't happen on TV, it doesn't count. Like even as plugged in as we are, if it doesn't show up on like regular news, yeah, it's not really legit. Yeah, like it's a victory when something dumb online hits the major news outlets. Yeah, even though I I don't know anyone. Outside of my grandfather, who watches the news regularly. Yeah. Um, that's really it, because, you know, like, they have that weird moment where it's, they're, they're dressing down the, the female lead before she goes in. It's like, she's had sex with three, four, sometimes five different men in the span of one yeah, year. Yeah, is there, like, a weird, like... <laughs> and it's like, you believe moral, it because it's on TV. There's a weird moral code. Well, I mean, that's what What else happens. is going on in that universe? There's a weird moral code. Yeah, there's I mean, that's what happens. That's like Fox News. Art Police music. brutality. Yeah, yeah. It's like Fox News. It's like, hey, you know, this guy's a stud. He's a real American, like fucking Ted Nugent. But, you know, if a woman has sex outside of marriage, she's automatically a slut. Like, yeah. it's that weird kind of morality where it's like, well, watch people get babes, killed live can, on TV. You, babes, but. who's listening? Babes. No, there's no one whoever you want. There are, there are zero percent. That, no, stop listening. it. That's sexist. All right. They love action movies. Prove me wrong. Hey, babes. Prove me wrong. Prove babies. us wrong. Email us at actionclimax, all one word, at gmail.com. Not or Twitter mo- at action underscore climax. Shockingly, not more than one X. Just the one X. Just the one. Don't be scared, baby. <laughs> well, when we're talking like that, it's not going to work. Can I just say something? One of my favorite things about <laughs> this movie is that the way that they show it's the future is by referencing mo- uh, shows that were old at at the time already. The hate so, boat. So multiple times, they, they someone's like, Who's Mr. Spock? And then oh, yeah. another time, uh, that's Mick Killian's Fleetwood, on the, by Killian's, the way, who, who, who Killian's on the Spock. phone, and he goes, "Killian's Island." Yes, the one with the boat. And then, it, like, it was very much two jokes made for the '80s, where it was just like, oh, in the future, people won't know the TV people that I watch. People give a shit about Killian's they Island. They won't fucking know what I watch. I have to let them know. But also, back to the quip things with Arnold. He kills a lot of people twice in this. Yeah. 
like which is great. He, he kills them and then he quips them twice because uh, there's a guy that is who had a jetpack. Jim Brown for. of the Cleveland Browns. Oh yeah, fucking Jim Brown. <laughs> Jim goddamn Brown. He 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 kills him twice. He kills him. Then he's like, "How about the light?" And then he throws a flare at him and he explodes. And then after that, immediately after he blows up, he just goes, "What a hothead!" <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could have gotten one more. Like if he ran into somebody else, he's like, "Hey, hey, have you seen a uh, fireballs?" Like. He really blew his top. <laughs> I know. They could have got a third one. Why didn't they do it? He burned to death in a locker room. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's really burned out. Then they just get really literal. It's like, no, no. I'm kind of stabbed. I did it. I got a good one. He's smoking in the bathroom. <laughs> smoking in the boys' smoking room. Smoking in the boys' room. Oh, this movie does what I call not sticking the landing. Which, I mean, the end's great, which is kind of misleading. He wins at every conceivable but, level. But, like, the yes. very end is what I'm talking about. Like, the cherry on top is the credits. The song's not good. It's just, <laughs> it's like when the 80s or 90s movie. See, I thought that was perfect. Ends great, but then there's a cheesy, I literally, I literally put a note say, in my notes saying that that song is perfect. I'm so hmm. sorry. I had the opposite effect because I was just like, yes. This is exactly what I would want. Like, if I was watching this movie, I'd be like, this is exactly the movie that I So, so Arnold Schwarzenegger, exactly Arnold Schwarzenegger overthrows the entire government by being on a television what show. What is the name of that movie? He murders a bunch of stalkers. Song. And then the song, like, the lyrics are like, no more lonely nights. Yeah. No more cold beds without you. <laughs> it's amazing. Running away with you and full song. Running away with you. Fuck yes. By who? Dweezil Zappa? Mick Fleetwood. God damn it. Mick Fleetwood and the, Jan- the Jim Brown Band. Come on, help me out. Oh, that'd be so YouTube good. License. That'd be so good. Wow, that's amazing. But the good thing about this movie is that Arnold wins in every conceivable way. He beats that every gladiator. Kills them. Not only beats them, murders them. Kills with the man behind the, the curtain. Most of the time with their own weapon. Yeah, and then he also kills Killian in, in like on his set. a poetic way. Yes. Yeah. Shoots him into his own billboard. Yes. On a rocket <laughs> <laughs> who someone t- apparently took out the netting that stopped those and then he he, he taught he taught those he he taught those kids how to uh how to fight and not die and then he Over the showed government. the world that the government was a lie and their entertainment was a lie he got the girl so good i mean everything he, he won in every way he literally saves an entire country did he though? Because he just defeated the game show, but the country didn't change. Every, got the everybody saw out. that. No, no, because mm. they hijacked the satellite. That was every television set. Out. That one's every important. television. You can't stop the signal, Mal. And and the crowds outside were chanting Richard. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I say he I became say, the Paul Bunyan of 2017. Role. Paul Bunyan, Abraham Lincoln combined. <laughs> <laughs> and then so and then the 61st Amendment. And he becomes the president, and then he dies, and then it's the Demolition Man future in 2032. Yeah, absolutely. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. God but we'll get to that soon. First, we have to get to another 1987 dystopian action flick, oh RoboCop. God, the same year. Only made... The only thing we know about RoboCop is it takes place in the near future. It's directed by future. Paul Verhoeven, an He's insane a Dutchman. Fucking madman. Who, who was born in... Who I respect. Who was born in Nazi-occupied... Uh, Holland, yes, Netherlands, and uh, it fucked with him. Clearly, <laughs> he he hates any kind of authority, hates any kind really, of. Really, I any don't kind see of any of that in his movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
my first question going into RoboCop. Really? Are you sure about that? Did they pick Peter Weller to play RoboCop because he was T-1000 Robert Patrick skinny and could wear the suit? Or for his naturally deep robot yes, voice? that's exactly what I was going to say. It's because he just sounds like a robot. His, they, they, they didn't even pay attention to what he looked like. They were no. just like, this guy sounds exactly like a fucking robot. Basically, Paul Verhoeven was, you know, well, he masturbating in. to like a dog taking a shit. Because yes. he's an insane person. Yes. And his back was to the casting television. <laughs> and then he just heard Peter Weller walking like, Hello, my name is Peter Weller. My name like, is Peter Weller. <laughs> That's a really good Peter <laughs> Weller. <laughs> Jesus. That was very good. And, and Baller was like, Yeah! Perfect! And then, perfect. He, and then he turned around and Cost saw him. this wisp of a man. <laughs> but I mean, like yeah. the first, the, his like he he drops he drops and he drops a, a quip he drops a quotable line very early before he's RoboCop is dead or alive. Do it, dead or alive, you're coming with me. <laughs> See now I can't do it. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. But it, it's even slower and more. It's like wow, dead he was alive. already RoboCop. With me. There we go. Damn. Um, so Red Foreman, Kurtwood Smith is in this as the bad guy. And so he's wearing good. he's wearing dad glasses, and it's a total power move. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's the most terrifying gangster in future Detroit. He's which is madness. Balding dad glasses. Jesus Christ! And he's just the scariest motherfucker. Okay, and of course then, everyone's making coke in this. And then here's what's interesting: every time I watch this movie, and it happened. Uh, last night, and then when I was watching it today at work, instead of doing my job, I always think the shooting scene is longer. Because when I saw it when I was a kid, yes, it really traumatized me when they shoot Murphy in the warehouse. Oh, it's terrifying. And he gets yeah. shot to pieces. I thought that scene was like fucking ten minutes long. The violence in this movie, listen, whatever the squib budget was for this movie, <laughs> they went over. astronomical. They went over it. They went over it. I don't know what they... There's a point at which... Oh my god! Listen, I, where we he, could have where this crazy at the very end of the movie when he kills Red Foreman with his USB data spike, which I don't know why isn't real. Right in the neck. <laughs> when he stabs him in the neck, someone clearly threw a condom of blood on the Peter Weller. <laughs> a magnum condom full of corn syrup and red food dye. That is an accurate <laughs> so much description blood. of the amount of blood. Rest of the movie, he's buried under scrap metal, and there's blood. All over him. I like to imagine. There's not even that much blood in the body. I like to imagine, like they had, like you know, the, the rig set up, and then Peter Weller kind of slid under it and just like <laughs> act like he was trapped. And then Paul Verhoeven ran up with the magnum condom <laughs> full of, of, of corn syrup and threw it at his face. I'll and do he goes, it. And he goes, don't break character. Just mm. fucking break character. Use it. Use Thank it. It's like just flipping him off. Verhoeven's dick is out for no reason. I'm trying to make you comfortable. <laughs> It's fine. There. Now we're all naked emotionally. <laughs> God damn it. Also, the thing I love about Verhoeven's futures is that it's always co-ed showers. And he oh, always yes. makes a point that there are co-ed showers. Every time. Every time. The Dutch don't care. Why should you? <laughs> like, it's just like, his, like, is that where this is going? Is this where I don't know what it is, but it's so funny. Like, he's always in these futures where, like, it's kind of nice that it's, like, in theory, an equal society, okay. except for that point to where, where that probably lady cop rapes. gets knocked out, you know, because she got distracted by a big black dick. 
<laughs> the tiny cop definitely gets distracted by a black dick. Yeah, so when, when Murphy and his partner sneak up on the bad guys in the warehouse... At the beginning. She confronts... Uh, it's a it's 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 the eighties. So in the nineteen eighties, if you don't if you haven't realized this, is anytime there's a bad guy gang, it's a Benetton ad where they yes. have one of every race. Yes. And this one, you know, had had uh, had a white guy and had an Asian guy and had a black guy. Yes. And Amazing. Uh, um, she sneaks up on the black guy who's just pissing inside their base, not yeah, in the bathroom. On some electrical equipment. There probably or isn't a, I mean, there's probably not a working bathroom. <laughs> it's it's Detroit. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, freeze, and he's like. Can I zip this up? And she's like thinking about it, and then he punches her twice and throws her off. She the actually like literally looks down at his dick for a moment, and that is when she like he punches her. Like it's not only just and like then- she thinks about it; she literally is distracted by his penis visually, and then she cold cocks him. No, he cold cocks her. Oh, yeah, same thing. <laughs> and then he goes back to his friends, and they're like, what happened to the other one? <laughs> she was sweet. I took care of her, though. <laughs> and I then, took care of her, though. And then af- really. after they're done shooting In My Brain, Murphy, for 15 minutes, <laughs> she just walks up, completely fine. To like, watch him be he's shot. Like, he's like, hey, Murphy, you okay? And he's like, you got shot in the head. <laughs> Murphy, all right? I got I got knocked over. <laughs> no time. Um, but yeah, and like, ten. what I love about like old school action movies and... I wrote in my notes while I was watching it, fuck yeah, squibs. Yeah, is squib team is is, is doing is, all right. Is, is the human eyeball, our 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 brains are wired to recognize like blood because we yes. know if we see blood, like a situation's fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like digital blood will never work. Like it will never fool us. Yeah. So you either have to go stylize like three hundred did, or you just have to resign to everyone's kind of going, oh fuck, and just kind of rolling their eyes. And the first kill in this movie is madness. Is in a boardroom. Yes. Uh, or a rogue <laughs> first robot. Of, first of two murders in this boardroom. In a boardroom. In it has been four days. In a full boardroom <laughs> with board members, business people. It has been four days since somebody was murdered in this boardroom. Yes. <laughs> um, and the guy basically spills five gallons of blood. Yes. Getting shot. And it's. I, it is visceral. Yeah. Um, I love squibs. I don't it's know terrifying. why we stopped using them. I don't know either. In time, setup, I don't know. It it just is that that with the first time that guy gets murdered in this movie, literally audible gasp. Every time. I hadn't seen this movie for a long time, and when I watched it today, I was like, Jesus. Fuck. Fuck. I, I that guy, like that guy doesn't just get murdered. That guy gets Fucking murder. He gets juiced. He He's pulped in front of everybody. I forgot how much I loved this movie, and then also reminded me that, in fact, yes, it did scare the crap out of me as a kid. But yeah, there's some I love scary it. shit. In I, also, this. I love the bad guys in this because it's just corporate dudes. Yeah, yeah. And they're doing like corporate espionage. It's okay. literally corporate guys and gang members. Basically, fucking. But, but, but it's basically okay. So capitalism is evil. That shows up like yes. capitalism. Unfettered, you know, laissez-faire capitalism, whatever is evil, and that's like a Verhoeven thing. But even the criminals get it because there's the two guys talking before Murphy gets shot in the warehouses. Yeah, one guy's going steal money to buy coke. Oh my god! To sell god. for even more money. Yes. Why? Just keep the stolen money. And the guy's like, no better way to steal money than free enterprise. Yeah. Oh, like god. we got to make our money work for us. Like <laughs> you know, at every level, capitalism is ruining Detroit. Here's it. Okay. I, so I watched Running Man and then RoboCop today. And a note of mine is, when you watch these back-to-back, RoboCop 
seems super nuanced. It seems like... I mean, and I think that's all of Verhoeven's movies. They are disguised as these mindless action, like, crazy endeavors. And then when you dig through it, like, there are, like, nuanced parts. And it does have, like, an actual clear message. Which is not always what you get from action movies. And it's not necessarily important. I think from dystopian action movies or dystopian movies in general, normally they have a message. That's what makes it a dystopian society interesting. Because you take the thing that you think is trouble with the world and then make that into why the world is fucked up in your movie. But, like, it was just... It was really weird. Yeah, yeah. Cap- capitalism is evil. Um, and there's, like, another... like So we have, like, three Verhoeven trademarks in this movie. Unbelievable amounts of blood. Same-sex showers. And then this shows up also in, like, Starship Troopers. And, and a little bit in Total Recall is people who participate... People who Shut participate up. in conflicts I'm are sorry. never physically whole afterwards. Yes. Like, all of the adults in Starship Troopers... And he said this. This is a, con- uh, a conscious choice. Every adult who's, like, a citizen in Starship Troopers is, is blind or missing an arm or missing yeah, their legs. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're never physically whole. And it's, like, a representation of them, like, a piece of them lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it shows up even even with Murphy. Yeah. You know, um... But it's they like, even take more of him. But like the tech in this movie is first off, no one's super weirded out by the cyborg. No, they just haven't seen one that looks like <laughs> RoboCop. Yeah, and then oh, there's cool. a part. They're actually more like interested, like little rascals interested, yeah. as opposed to like, oh my god. Yeah, they yeah. turned a person into a terrifying kill monster. So first off, is 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 he the first cyborg? Apparently not. Well, there's a part where. Where after Kurtwood Smith has been captured by RoboCop, and he says, and he he confesses. RoboCop mm-hmm. keeps throwing him through windows in this warehouse. So good. Well, he immediately confesses. so many windows in this warehouse. A very well lit, airy warehouse. There's it's like five windows. It's a shame it turned into a crack factory. Yeah, it's actually really nice. Um, but he the confesses, really and helps then the crack. and then when he goes, so he's the gangster. And he goes and he talks to his corporate overlord who's funding him, and he says, he's like. He's a cyborg, you idiot. He recorded everything you said. I'm like... It's very matter-of-fact. Yeah, like, oh, of course he's a cyborg. You're right. I should have known that. Common knowledge, I learned that and I learned that in high school. So, of course so, cyborgs record things. So, they record so, everything. So cybernetics is super common in their future. And then... I guess. Early on in the news break, it talks about how there was a presidential trip to a satellite. Yeah. Oh, yeah, to the space station. To and, the Star Wars satellite. And then, so not only do they have orbital weapons platforms Reagan era but it talks about how orbital how platforms. they lost power yeah. and everybody field. was anti-gravity for a couple minutes oh so it was in gravity was yeah there's so, manufactured gravity in yeah. space yeah. yeah well then there's also uh, later on there's a news break where a giant orbital laser lights up lost control no blows up like shit in Europe and Africa. Yeah, it's like a shotgun, a giant shotgun of lasers shot at the earth. destroys, like, east, like, it hits, it just shotgun blasts. but it burns, like, 400 acres of Santa Barbara. It's crazy. And, like, two presidents, and it's just like, yeah, it's just a nation mourns. Two presidents, two ex-presidents died. Also probably helped San Angeles rise up. Yeah. Okay, so, what did RoboCop call? Wow. 
uh, Detroit being a suck hole. Well, yeah, they got that <laughs> shit right. Uh, I guess that's been a thing for a long time. I, I'm kind of waiting for a corporation to just approach the government about buying all the land and being See, like, just but let that, us try it. But that's also kind of, I mean, we have all those private companies in Afghanistan and things like that. I mean, that that's probably not far off. It's broached in the RoboCop remake, which we'll get to in a second. Oh, God. Uh, medical insurance being run by bankers. Yeah. Private security to uphold private concerns, not public safety. Yes. And my question, uh, the DVD, uh, when he's uh, when Miguel Ferrer's character, Bob Morton, is being killed by uh, Kurtwood Smith, Red Foreman, yes. he puts a DVD into his player that has the message. So called the DVD. Oh, not LaserDisc. Oh, yes, a Not DVD. a cassette. A disc, a CD. Is that a Sony-made movie? No idea. Uh, Wait, Sony didn't make facial DVDs. recognition. I don't know who did. Oh, also another funny thing Sony's which I Blu-ray realized is. going back to Running Man when she was going. She there's at some point where she's searching for footage of what actually happened to Arnold at the beginning of the movie. The Bakersfield oh, massacre. And she, she pulls a tape out. Not even a tape. It's like kind of like a like a and a flashcard like yeah, a compact flashcard flash and it literally just says what it is and then it says digital video at the bottom which i thought was pretty cool dead on because it just is just like well dead on no, but then you, it's also just like future no it was exactly that card that you would shove into like a cannon or something yeah yeah and it's really funny so call future it, video it, it's a call of detroit being a suckle medical insurance being run by bankers private security my question is, did RoboCop call all this, or did the world always suck? And I'm just slowly becoming more and more invested in the world as I grow up. Uh, oh, that's a good question. Well, well I don't think it sucked in all those very specific ways. Detroit's always sucked. Like, even back when there was a Rome, there was a Detroit somehow, and that sucked. There was a Detroit of Rome. <laughs> Definitely. There were Native Americans there with teepees. They were constantly on fire. There were gangs. There were roving dogs. It was awful. Yeah, it okay. was not good. So there was always a Sochi of America. <laughs> everything. Um, okay, so new RoboCop versus old RoboCop. Both deal with unhindered corporations. The new one deals with drone warfare and using military hardware at home, which is yes. concerns we have. Great. Whereas Absolutely. this one was concerned with uh, losing inner cities to street crime, to yes. uh, kind of uh, the old way going under. And I know, uh, like, you see online a lot of people complain about, like, the stealth black paint job, but... I think it looks great. Yeah, I think it's just a, a thing of the times, because, like, everyone else goes... You can also goes, see the trailer that they do with the classic gray. But what's also... Yeah, they is, do a nod to is it. No one yeah, seems okay. to remember. It's like, it's like, what's wrong with the classic gray? What's wrong with the classic gray? No one seems to understand that the gray also had that weird oil slick paint job that was super that 80s. That was kind of, like, pearl. Pink and purple, yeah, like, yeah, depending yeah, on yeah. how the light... And it's like, that's, like those clothes that change colors based on your body heat like that's like it's, it's like it's driving not classic a fucking delorean it's super fucking 1980s yes. like it's it, he's not just silver yeah yeah he's um, not just silver i i realized that when i was watching it today i was like oh fuck that yeah he has that weird like pearl do they call it pearl i think it's pearl I just like called it the oil slip pearl. paint job. Where it's like, depending on how the light hits it, it's like turquoise yeah. pink. I call it dandy steel. Yeah. Dandy steel is a perfect dandy name for it. Dandy fucking steel. Um, Fuck. But yeah, it's not like it's an unimpeachable classic. And I think if, you know, the new movie kind of answers... Uh, this this We're recording this the weekend before it comes out, so this yeah. is going to be old news. I'm going to see it. It'll yeah, be great. I'm actually um, going to I hope it'll be in great. The, this is our remake. In the last scene, there's a kind of RoboCop-looking in, guy in black 
digging through trash, and I don't know if he's eating it or not. He might be eating it. They're like, hey, get out of there. Go away. No one wants you. Yeah, I mean, this it is not some holy grail. I think, I think Paul Verhoeven would I be upset if he treated it grail. as a holy grail. It's, it is one of the best action. It's one of my favorite action movies, but it's to act funny. like it's this unimpeachable, or you can't do new stuff with it is ridiculous. No, no, no. It's something that adapts to the times. Probably better than most remakes. It actually has themes that like almost deserve an update and can actually like like, you can say more with it like you can still say stuff with it like we have drones now yeah that's real that's a real thing and the movie they're allowed to spy on us on our own hometown home and like the way in the way the the movie opens in tehran yeah and there's drones and like the ed 209s like Wall street and they're just trying to figure out a way to bring them here so they can make more money in the u.s um but finally i want to talk about the real hero of robocop the weird OCP dude <laughs> who doesn't have a name. He's the black guy with the glasses. <laughs> he does what, he not have a name? Nerdling. It's Johnson. It's Donald Johnson. He's played movies. by Felton Perry. He's in all three Robocop movies. All three of these movies have a character I've called Nerdlinger. Yeah, absolutely. No, but this guy's awesome because first up it when it opens, he's glued to Miguel Ferrer. Ferrer, a.k.a. Bob Morton, the guy who created Robocop. He's glued to his hip at the beginning. They make it seem like he's going to be a really important character. When he bails before all the murder and betrayal. Yes. Um, he really enjoyed Robocop's baby food. <laughs> like, baby not only food. did he get a cup of the baby food from the dispensary, yes. he's like, it's baby food, and the guys in Miguel Ferrer's like, enjoy. And he just smiles and dips his finger back into it and puts it in his mouth. Yeah. He eats it. Delicious. Um, he's super excited to see Dick shot in the murder boardroom. <laughs> like, like when 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 Dick gets fired by the old man and RoboCop is like, "Thank you," and he leans in to shoot him. This guy leans in to smile. He's like, "Yeah, fucking shoot Dick Jones," and then he gives someone off screen a thumbs up when Dick's blown <laughs> out the window. The person is off screen. Nick, you had a great theory on who uh, he was going to up to. We don't know who it is off screen, so I'd like to see the camera pan over, and it's just a mirror. <laughs> Thumbs up in your I'm now the number two at OCP. Oh, my God. You did God. it. Like, it's... He's maybe my favorite character in the whole movie. It's just funny because, okay, murder happens in that boardroom with all the same people. Twice. Tw- twice. And he is completely unaffected. Completely unaffected. He, in fact, he is... In, he's definitely like, an accomplice pumped. for some sabotage. He is pumped. He gets super for into that it second towards murder. the end. God, that's funny. Yeah, like, the, I, we were talking about that scene earlier, and the geography of that final scene doesn't make sense. I don't know where that guy is in the room. I don't know if anyone, like, where he gives a thumb up to. Like, I don't think anyone's beside him. Like, I, no, the way every, I'm thinking Paul, about it, like, I don't even think everyone there. fled. He Paul, probably gave the thumbs up to Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven <laughs> shot that screen. two days later. He just wanted him in the room. And they're like, wait, script super, uh, where was everyone in this room? I don't know. Well, like, right before that scene, that actor was like, it's like, hey, are you are you on your mark? And he, like, looks down and sees the X. He's like, yeah, I'm good. He turns yeah. it against the thumbs up. And then absolutely, Paul Verhoeven's absolutely. like, oh, we're keeping that. And it's oh, like, yeah, we're keeping that. Sir. He just gave a thumbs up to an AD. That's awesome. That's, that should be, that's probably what happened. He's, what he's my favorite character. And he Robocop. gets off scot-free. Wait, what else? Random thoughts. Random thoughts about this movie. Uh, also a quip factory. Uh, like it a- suddenly be... It accidentally... And very suddenly becomes a tale of personal revenge, which yeah. is not necessarily what you would expect from this movie. Because I feel he like. rediscovers his humanity. Yes, 
But then he discovers that guy at a gas station, and then it all of a sudden becomes a tale of revenge. As he, yeah, as he has to kill all the gang members. Um, one of my favorite lines is he's leaving a thing, and a reporter goes like, Robo, any special, me- any special message for all the kids <laughs> watching at home? And he goes, stay out of trouble. Implying that if the kids cross the line, he will put a bullet in them. He would. Yeah, of course he would. Also, I want to use this to like leave conversations and parties I don't like. Excuse me, I have to go. Somewhere there is a crime happening. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere oh. there is a crime happening. Oh, Matt, you should meet so-and-so. He's a producer for this... Sh- Excuse me, I have to go. <laughs> there is a go. crime happening somewhere. This is just underneath, I have to go now, my planet needs me. Yeah, it's... God damn it. It's a great um, There's other, like, there's... Oh, bitches leave? Bitches leave. Yeah. Bitches when leave. Smith goes okay. And there's a callback in Triple X... What? Bitches come. Oh my god. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Tell me that's not tell me that wasn't on purpose. Yeah, it's absolutely on purpose. There's a couple other things. One, there's the club scene where a robot <laughs> shows up in a club and no one gives a fuck. Slaps a gun Wait. out of a man's uh, hand. Slaps then, a gun out of a man's hand. And then a man, man <laughs> grasps it out of the air while so dancing. Casually. Whilst dancing. And does not stop dancing. <laughs> He's, He's just like, doing the it's like me doing the shopping cart dance move, and then a can of Campbell's appears in my hand, and I just you just go with it. <laughs> that guy, that okay. Here's it's finally like, it's paid off. Either Detroit, oh so, either Detroit, so bad. The cyborg tank police showing up isn't weird, Didn't and a matter. gun just flying across the room isn't weird. Or that guy so desperately needed to get laid. He's like, I just gotta make it work. I just, gotta, <laughs> I just got this. I, and then the, I got one move. It always works on the ladies. I just can't stop doing it. Robot, now I have a handgun. The robot pulls a man out of the club by his hair, and everyone's just like, Yeah, yeah. This is really good coke. Future so Detroit, good. Delta City, Delta oh, City. But what we are missing, which I think is a major theme of both The Running Man and RoboCop, is that. Everyone that made film in the 80s was very obsessed with how TV would affect our generation. They were certain that television was going to fuck us up. It was going to ruin us. Yes. And it did. They, I did it. That, that's a thing. TV the, won. But like The Running Man is literally like about all of those concerns coming to light. And then all the commercial breaks in RoboCop are like, we'll only get our, our news in three minute chunks, which is true. Because we okay, have no, ADD no, as a society. No, no, here's, here, here's how it is, is. Is the importance of television in our lives. Like, yes. RoboCop, every act break, there's a commercial. There aren't movies about that anymore, though. Because we are the generation that was raised by TV. Yeah, we don't think so it's, it's weird. So it's no longer a concern. Listen, I fled lunch today in the room with everybody else. Yes. Because somebody wanted to watch Jay Leno's goodbye speech. As you should have. <laughs> and wait, who brought that up? No one. Never mind. No one mentioned Jay Leno in the ten months I've been at this job. Yes. No one's talked about how they watched Jay Leno. No one's talked about how they missed. But because no one it was, is. No one be, there is. But because it was on television and important. Yes. Everyone had to stop what they were doing to watch it, even though no one gave a shit, and we already watched him leave the first time. Uh. And like, like I think that is just a. They were right. Like, television, the importance of television, this is truth, this is meaning, because it is on television, it happened. Yeah. Uh, I, I think RoboCop and I think Running Man definitely called that, where, you know, it's like, oh, this the, the Woody Allen thing's on television. 
it's a real thing. And then his response was in the New York Times today, and no one's talking about it until yeah. it gets reported on TV, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then it matters again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they got it. I, I think they were absolutely right. Yes. It's just really funny. That, 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 that was such a running theme, I think, especially through the 80s period. And then it completely stopped when that generation came of age and they were like no of course tv is important why, yeah, TV is important? why wouldn't it be that it, 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 it's fucking happened i watched eureka's castle <laughs> oh um this wait. had one of the best toxic waves. yes that's what i wanted Deaths. to talk about go only go you brought you it up go. i mean this guy gets covered in toxic waste and beautiful his, practical effects and his fingers yeah. are dripping off who did the effects for this Phil his neck Tippet is did this bulging. one too motherfucker well, face of course is it was melting and then he gets slammed against a car just <laughs> and is obliterated into also liquid also great acting on that guy's part he he yeah. he explodes yeah. into a liquid state there's nothing solid man. left that oh. it, that movie that okay that death, Just that toxic waste death, ruined me as a child. <laughs> like, I remembered very little as a kid of this movie. I, like, the one thing that carried with me forever, vividly, was this toxic, that toxic waste death. Like, that, that is forever, in my mind, forever the biggest thing that I will remember from that. Terrifying. <laughs> Fucking terrifying. Holy yeah. shit. Also, um, <laughs> Ed 209, the mech cop, the mech warrior cop thing, definitely made panther sounds when they unveiled it, <laughs> and then pig sounds when it fell downstairs. Down the yes. And couldn't get off When this advanced piece of military weaponry couldn't navigate stairs. <laughs> if the Taliban's on the second floor, we're fucked, guys. It's like... It's like it fell down, and you almost felt sorry for it. Robocop was looking back. It's like, oh, I should help him. <laughs> I should help him. It did sound like a baby. Well, whatever. He gives it a mech pacifier. It certainly sounded like a thing. <laughs> a pig. Should I move on to the last thing. movie? Let's discuss the final film. Demolition Man came out in October 1993 Jesus. and takes place in 2032 in San Angeles. Directed by Marco Brambilla. Brambilla. I don't know how Italian works. Who knows? He's an Italian director. Only directed two movies, but did lots of video art installations. He did a one-minute video for Kanye's Power. So here's the thing. Oh, he did that one? That guy's an artiste. Here's the thing. I, have I was going to write him off until I heard that. Yeah. Here's the thing. He's a European artiste. Okay? He does lots of, like, video art installations. Yes. He's very famous for, like, multiple screens and all this stuff. Now that you know that, Demolition Man is shockingly restrained. Yes. It's beautifully shot, but not weird. Like the only yeah, yeah, art yeah. the only it artsy have been touch. Really weird. The only artsy touch is when he's at the public access terminal getting the download on Edgar Friendly. Yeah. And it does like that weird skull and the eyeball thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And murder death kill. Huh. But that's it. Like, it's beautifully framed, it's well lit, it's super easy to follow. He has fun with like all the future it stuff. Just goes back but, to the basics. But it yeah. could have been so fucking weird. Wow, I love that. Could have been that. Twelve Monkeys weird. Yeah, that could have been really fucked up. Okay, so the movie opens in 1996. Yes, the Hollywood sign is on fire. <laughs> yes, there are multiple block long fires and streetlights yes. and helicopter shootouts over Los Angeles. Also, where you're living. Also, <laughs> no, that's living. where they. That's, that's where, where we were living in Koreatown. Yes. 
But here's the thing is... Where he helicopters down, that's where we... <laughs> the L.A. riots were only 16 months before the movie came out. Yes. So I have a feeling that this movie originally opened a little further in the future. There's military-grade stuff, Hummers, Chinook helicopters, all the paramilitary stuff. Arnold Schwarzenegger just throwing in a quick... I did a thermo scan or a yeah. thermo check on the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think just... And then the riots happen, they're like... Yeah, let's make it 96. It could probably be like people will buy it from now. We'll buy it in three years. Yeah. You mean Sylvester? They were everything certain. Sylvester three years Stallone from then, shit would be that bad. Did a thermos. This will be the last movie made in Los Angeles, and then we will move production somewhere safer. <laughs> Absolutely uh, to Vancouver. It just, it, the riots will just continue. Um, so my first thought is, and this is the very first line I have after that information, is Wesley Snipes, intimidating in overalls. He spends yes. half this movie in overalls and then switches to tire armor. <laughs> like, like the only the people... The majority of this movie is in fucking overalls. I, I did, you know what's so funny? Like a He's black so orange intimidating, Mario. I didn't even fucking clock it. <laughs> but he it, is. He's dressed like Fireball Mario. <laughs> it's terrifying. Well, like, you didn't see as a man in overalls. You just saw him as death. You just saw him as Simon Phoenix. I saw him as Simon hey, Phoenix. Hey, there's black spent, karate death coming he goes, to it my way. He goes from overalls directly to tire armor. Ugh. Bleach blonde blade is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, with uh, the, the, the dichromatic eyes. Yes. Um, fun fact. Uh, Steven Seagal and Jean-Claude Van Damme were both offered roles in this movie. The original choice for Simon Phoenix was Jackie Chan. That would have been awful, I think. Oh, I think Jackie Chan doesn't like to play villains, but there's a part where uh, Sandra Bullock uh, beats up somebody. Sylvester Stallone goes, "How'd you learn those moves?" Old Jackie Chan movies. So oh, came out, yeah. So this came out in '93. Yeah, yeah. And I turned to my dad, and I this first off, this is the first R-rated movie I saw in theaters. Yeah. And then it came out on video, and I had to show it to my dad. Keep going. And then so Sandra Bullock yes. beats up the guy, and I turn, and I say, "Dad, by the way, who's Jackie Chan?" And then the look on his face. He's like, I failed as a father. My son doesn't know who Jackie Chan is. So next time we went to go visit Grandma, we got 1,000 bootleg Jackie Chan tapes from Chicago's uh, Chinatown, and thus began my education. Jesus. That's great. I think I introduced my dad to Jackie Chan, but it's great to hear that it came the opposite way. But yeah, so it was just nice to in overalls. And then what I think's neat about this movie is uh, the three male leads, uh, Wesley Snipes, Sylvester Stallone, and Dennis Leary, their characters <laughs> are how they see themselves in their head. Like, yes. Wesley Snipes just does whatever the fuck he wants, and if anyone gets in his way, he spin kicks him and beats the shit out of him. Sylvester Stallone is like a man of the people, but he lives by his own cowboy outlaw code. Yes. And Dennis Leary's the last sane man on earth, yes. telling it like it is, dropping truth. Like, 90% of Dennis Leary's comedy is a, like Nick just said, monologues. Yes. And, then, and then him living in a world of straw men. Where everyone's an idiot and won't let him just be like an old-fashioned dude. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that like his monologue was just lyrics to like I'm an asshole. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's yeah, El- basically his, his monologue in Demolition Man is his comedy bit taken, and literally they were just like, yeah, just do it. Yeah, it's like every male in this movie is like a perfect version of themselves. So good. Like, Pretty this, accurate. Like like Wesley Snipes who just got out of jail for tax evasions. Like they can't come get me. I'm Wesley Snipes. Let's put on my tire armor and then fuck just em. fuck up everybody who comes at me. Federal prison. I'll just hack my way and then... But, okay, so the movie takes place in 2032 where all violence and vice have been eliminated. 
And <laughs> there's a lot of cl- really clever ways where it shows where, you know, you've got like Rob Schneider. When Wesley Snipes starts beating up cops, he's like, we're police officers. We're not trained to handle this kind of violence. Yeah. There's like stuff where like the, the brains behind it, Raymond Cocteau. When Sylvester Sloan wants to talk Cocteau. to him, he's like, well, I'm not in my office. And then he cleverly hides in an office made of glass. Yes. Because that would work on anyone else. Of course. No one would dare check my office of glass windows. I have, I'll so, say I'm not there, and then they'll leave. So clearly, no one has guns. Glow so hands. one of my one of my things is no guns, huh? So is this what England's like, oh. <laughs> fellow greeting citizens? Yeah, absolutely. Just sunny all the suck it, England. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you can be conquered by one Simon Phoenix. Well, yeah. So this goes back to one of our original rules: is the bad guy's plot is super complicated. Dr. Raymond Kongto loads up Simon Phoenix uh, while he's in cryostasis. It's also subliminal messaging and turns him into a super warrior, like gives him martial arts which training he also didn't and tears need. him training, which he already didn't need. And then unleashed him on the world. So everyone would go, Dr. Kongto, whatever plan you have, will follow it. It's better than this. <laughs> what was his plan after he got there? Like when Simon Phoenix just didn't leave. Yeah. Like what was his... Like, he put in the programming where the guy, where Simon Phoenix can't kill Raymond Cocteau, but he can kill everybody else. He could kill the whole world. So, yeah. Maybe it's. It could be just him and Cocteau at the end of the world. No, he had the same thought processes as, well, I'll just release the snakes. Well, who will kill the snakes? Uh, The mongoose. He'll just bring in another. Yeah. Who's going to kill the mongoose? Um, You know, the stray cats. Who's going to kill the cats? Oh, the the dogs. The gorillas. (laughs) Who will kill the gorillas? That's when winter comes in and they'll kill them, be killed in the first frost. Like, (laughs) it'll be fine. Um, And then there's a line where um, the helicopter pilot from the beginning is now like a retired desk jockey. And he goes, Phoenix is an old fashioned criminal. You need an old fashioned cop. When was anything John Spartan did the normal? No, it wasn't old-fashioned at all. It was terrifying. Like, his plan A to stop Simon Phoenix was to bungee jump out of a helicopter. He did things that maybe our special forces do. Maybe. Not even the fucking TNT squad in Bad Boys 2 is doing (laughs) shit like that. You don't know what I mean? Like there's a there's a great line where oh it's an by old... the way that guy is in one of these movies <laughs> no he was in the oh, island no. okay My um but yeah it's like when was this a norm but it does give us a new rule I want to introduce yes uh, a bad cop but a good lawman that's not bad I don't know if it's a hard and fast rule but maybe works in justified works in lethal weapon works in demolition yeah, man weapon. works in cobra well most of it yeah it's always Works yeah. in bad boys. Bad boys. Bad cops. Hands good lawman. Yeah. yeah. Dread. But it's like the rules get in my well, way. Good cop. Um, okay. So they send in this comet of justice that is Sylvester Stallone. Yes. <laughs> but you jump in down to a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, he's not an old fashioned cop. Not There's at nothing all. he does is old fashioned. Nothing he does. No, but they, was they covered it by like, send a maniac to catch a maniac. Which is, which is again not like an old fashioned rule. No, that's not what it is. Like most most cops are, for the most part, I like to think well adjusted individuals who aren't bungee jumping. Well, first of all, they're not even involved in those scenarios. Is the thing they're not involved in busload hostages who have already been murdered. And the only way to stop them is to jump out of a military grade helicopter. Yes, which. I've said this a thousand times. It's really affected me. Um, 
as a creative type. Mm-hmm. I have so many scripts where somebody bungee jumps out of a helicopter <laughs> into a shootout. It shows up a That's lot. That's a Matt Loman staple. Like, I'm, way more than Paul I'm not proud of it, but it happens, and I recognize it as a crutch. Um, this is crutch! I want to talk about the practical Simon Phoenix. Yes. Where he's basically this <laughs> free-range psychopath, but he's like, he goes to the, he goes to the information kiosk because he needs information to find a As gun. As he would. Come on, Hal. Where are the goddamn guns? Yeah. Then he finds the gun in the museum and he goes, wait a minute. This is the future. Where are all the phaser guns? Then he gets the phaser gun, goes back to the information kiosk to learn how to use it. He's like, wait a minute. So what, what, what? It needs batteries? What size? Where the fuck do you find batteries? <laughs> is there a battery store around, motherfucker? And then two guys walk up and he just no-look shotgun blasts them, keeps talking to the computer and goes, where's the goddamn radio shack? Like... <laughs> He's these are questions that need to be answered. Yeah. And he like he goes to get information. Can't open the door. He uses a civil war cannon. Yeah. And then like like Spartan like Spartan goes, I'm a blast from the past or Simon Phoenix goes, I'm a blast from the past, Spartan. You should have stayed there. And he goes, Who is that? And then immediately opens fire. He's not thrown <laughs> who off. Who is that? He I'll shoot him and then find out who it is. He definitely fired the cannon first. Yeah. And then he's like, Who is yeah? Yeah, and then, who and then is he goes, that? I'm a blast from the past. And it's like he does shit like that. Like he takes care of business. He makes very few dumb mistakes. Um, one of my favorite parts of this movie, and I think it's a, a mark of a great action movie, is in bad action movies, the good guys and the bad guys just kind of trade bullets yeah. at set pieces. Phoenix and Spartan are trying very hard to kill each other. Yeah, yeah. Like they keep corralling each other. They use their environment, and it's just yeah. because they're both just so tenacious that. It doesn't happen. That is the, the best part of that movie is that they, that use they everything they, at their disposal. It's genuinely and every encounter is different, Absolutely. which I think is important. Drops a triangle light through the yeah. glass yeah. to bring them down to that twenty oh, century L.A. Fucking satisfying is the death of Simon. Phoenix. Oh my god, he gets frozen it's and his head kicked off. So Heads good. I remember going back to so school good. after seeing this at like age ten. Yeah. And like telling people like there's blood crystals and it shatters and it's like it blew my mind how they did that like and before Eric computers they had to make off. it. I mean Eric to high school. <laughs> oh God, these were like grade school kids. I was just like, what the fuck? Oh my God. Um, but yeah, the practical Simon Phoenix is just like you sit there and like everything he does makes sense. He's not like you know the fucking Joker. Yeah, you know he like it's like well I need a gang. I'm not gonna he doesn't have anymore. some twisted sense of justice or like fair play, how, or, fair play or something he, like that. He just wants to win. Yeah, it's chaotic evil. He knows exactly Thank what you. he's doing, and he is just doing it to the best of his ability, which is respectable. Okay, so what did Demolition Man call? I have self-drive cars, because those are coming out. Is it the mm-hmm. pussification of America? Nerfed society. <laughs> Nerfed society. All the all the plastic uh, playground equipment. Mm-hmm. All the you-can't-make-certain-jokes or whatever. Oh, uh, a love of the 90s. <laughs> Appreciate for the 90s. That's Ooh, that, that's, that's We're in that yeah. renaissance right uh, now. Video phones. Yes. GPS and everything. Uh, Just track them. Just check his tracker. Unsexy sex. All the weird diets. Yeah, the oh, weird yeah. diets. And Schwarzenegger's running for office. 
Yes, oh, they, they called Schwarzenegger's run for office. A really prescient, like wow. Yeah. Actually, about that. Yeah, they I also did the DVD when he put the thing in to watch the Simon Phoenix security Kyle, image. I think earlier in the podcast you mentioned like a sixty first amendment, or someone did. I did, yeah, yeah. Is that the amendment that they used to, to make Schwarzenegger the president? Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, because he became the president after the events of the Running Man. Of course he did. Yeah, just makes perfect sense. That's just what happens. Oh, real fast. Um. I love Simon Phoenix's "fuck you" to the first machine he talks, mm-hmm. where it's like you have been you have been fined one credit for the more, and he looks and just goes "fuck you." <laughs> it's such a pure you. "fuck you." It's so perfect. I love it. I all love the every "fuck time. you" tickets in that are super great and earned. All of all of uh, Sly's fucking all of Spartan. He grabs it tickets are to so use good. as toilet paper because. In the future, they use the three seashells, which we need to fucking get to the bottom. Okay, so first off, that first off, there's a bidet theory. involved. There's a bidet. Are you sure? Have- you have you have a scooper, a scraper, and then a fine tuner, and then a bidet. Oh, that's my theory. But I've, I went into gross detail about it. The scooper, oh, definitely big a, particles. You're definitely taking... Okay. Big particles, Phase but then big the, particles. the second one is a scraper. You use the back of it, the ribbed part, and you kind of grind it on there. <laughs> You you set it on a stationary. You go to it, and then you grind on it. I'm sorry to all four of our listeners. <laughs> Keep going. The first one, it comes to you. you the use first it to one scoop. is, it, as we all assumed, is a scooper. Yeah, I agree. We all agree on that, right? It's big chunks. It's mm-hmm. scoop. It's the majority. Oh, honestly, I can't figure out what the third one is. Okay. Clean up. So what does that mean? It so has the scooper a- gets all the big shit, and then yeah. the scraper kind of gets all the the fine. Hard stuff to get. After you sit on it and grind on it. I, I'm not going that far. Uh, I'm not following use, you on the rabbit use hole. Use the rib. Yeah. I don't use, care. Shut up. They're what varying is the third sizes, one? right? Or were they all the same size? Would I don't remember if we saw it. I don't, I don't uh, think you, you did see them. They are were the, they same, all the sizes. same size. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Maybe there's a different concaveness. Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe one's deeper than the it's, other. It's, it's got to be largely bidet-based. It's got to be a bidet-based society. And then you just use this for, like, fine-tuning. Well, maybe their diet is so much that they don't really poop a lot. Yeah, I did see the tiny Taco Bell. Oh, oh. that is absolutely what we have not brought up about okay, this movie. I, I think it's super lazy to, to get into it, because they're like, that's that's ridiculous. That's whatever. I accept it. My question to you is, is Taco Bell the last fast food restaurant, or is it the last restaurant, period? Well, they certainly present it as the last restaurant, period. Of the franchise because wars, it, it sounded like and a also, real war. I also feel like, okay, in my mind, I always imagine that Taco Bell is the last restaurant, period, and then there are various levels of Taco Bell, and they went to the fancy Taco Bell. Yeah, so Bell. there's the fancy Taco Bell, then it's like, hey, I kind of want to watch a game. Let's go yeah. to the TGIF Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, I want to go out with my family, but I want to wear a college shirt. Let's go to the Applebee's Taco yeah. Bell. Exactly. And then I think that fast food Taco Bell still exists. It's just that now it, it it's has even worse because there's not even fake yeah, meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now so it's, it's like all the levels. Pepsi, the Pepsi KFC Yum family. Yes. Dom- or not dumped. Pop- I don't know. I'm getting Louisville all mixed up. I know it's Yum. Pepsi Yum. Yum. So yum. so we're in agreement. Is Taco Bell is the only restaurant? There's no there's no startups. No. There's no there's, there's no mom and pop. There's, yeah. Okay. Bullshit. It's That's just fair. all Taco Bell. I just wanted to get everyone's take on that. It's all Chalupas. Because it'll need to be controlled by the doctors. You know, burrito grillers, flavor grillers. What did I have today? 
I ate Taco Bell for dinner. <laughs> you did. I'm gonna shit my pants. And we were like, that's thematic. Thematically, yeah, it was appropriate. I want to also discuss uh, Honka Chunka. Honka Chunka. Ooh, you mean fluid transfer? I mean boning the horizontal mambo, the Honka Chunka. Has anyone called sex the Honka Chunka? No, no one's ever. Said was that an ad lib? Was that his attempt he at being hilarious? Certainly made up Honka Chunka. Maybe he calls it Honka Chunka, and everyone's super weirded out. All his sex. He's been married like four times. For. Maybe it. Maybe that's because it's that's what got him. It definitely worked on three. Well, my thought is maybe he held back, and then he revealed hunka chunka, and then they were like, "We're fucking." See, right. I think, I think, I think the first one he was, he was, he was poor, and the second one he was rich, and the third one he stopped giving a fuck, and then the fourth one he married for love. Yes. Okay. And so he definitely used hunka chunka. He, he definitely used hunka chunka on three. Yeah. And then four he married when she just got hunka chunka. He was like, "Let's hunka chunka," and then she was just like, "Yeah, let's fucking hunka chunka." Fucking right. whatever. Fucking whatever. Ah, just come. Yeah, I just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> the Hoka Chunk, are you ready? Fucking. Just. Spurt. Just fucking wait, wait. spurt. I have a question. All right, so he woke up and just found out <laughs> his, his. Hold on, his wife was dead. Yeah, Did they his wife out? and child. Oh, yeah, he doesn't even look up his child. They're but like, also, you have a like, child. All right, so this is, so much. this is less than one day sans his wife. And he's. So you want to have Hunga Chunga? Talking about boning the horizontal. I thought Sandra Bullock did look pretty fucking hot. She's adorable in this this movie. movie. God, she's hot in this movie. Absolutely. Ugh. Here's a fun fact. Across her entire career, here's from this to Gravity, I would bone her at every stage. It's really not. You and I would say follow that her into. Really yeah, she that. probably would. I'd follow her into infinite space, just boning her yeah, to Jupiter. I would bone her to death. I mean, standards are super high. Yeah, yeah. Jesse yeah. James. Yeah, what's her problem? It's, you have a chance. Yeah, we all do. Huh? If we just like, what if we just were nice to her? <laughs> Is that what it seems like? What do, what do you have to do to fuck Sandra Bullock? You just gotta be not, nice to her. Just be like, I would like casually at dinner be like, you know what really turns me off? Nazi strippers. And she'd be like, he's the one. <laughs> oh my god. But then the problem is that early in her life, you could have been like, you know what really turns me on? Nazi strippers. And she'd be like, he's the one. <laughs> uh, Iron Cross tattoos. <gasps> really loud you know, motorcycles. So custom bikes. I'm a dick. White supremacy. <gasps> I love you. <laughs> Here's here's a fun fact I learned from uh, the movie trivia that plays before movies. Yes. Her dress in the Taco Bell scene weighed 35 pounds. No! Yeah. It's all glass. Well, it's so all she glass. weighed like a total of 135 in that yeah. scene? Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Holy shit. That, that's all core. That, yeah, that's all and core. And she fought crime in that. Yes, no, she, she stood around and then he... Someone knocked over a circus tent. That's yeah. fine. Arnold Schwarzenegger used a hubcap battle axe to cut two strings in a circus tent and, and stopped the Tire Armor Raiders. Yeah, yeah Sly. Sly Stallone. Oh, yeah. He fought off um, the Tire Armor Raiders who were stealing pills? Croutons? That were oh, also food. food? Looked food like croutons? He, they were stealing taco pills? Um. Also, that gang, okay, the underground gang, Mr. Yes. Friendly's gang... Shows up at the end, and they're like, okay, it's kind of time for revolution, and then not seen for the climax of the movie. No, because he talks him down. He he wins at every level. He like he tells the whitewashed surface people, he's like, you need to get a little dirty, and you guys need to get a lot clean. Mm-hmm. And then 
whatever. Just, and then, like, just walks away and he just blows off the society he's now responsible for. And he's like, he's like, yeah, puts he's his arm kind around, of in charge at the end. No, yeah. they and, actually, and he puts right, his arm around then, Sandra like, Bullock like, and he's like, you gotta teach me how to shit. Like, that's how the movie They... They actually ask him, how will we live now? Bitch, I have been stopped up for days. Tell me how to shit. Please tell me how to shit. Well, first off... I've been using t-shirts. Well, the, the, the police chief walks up and goes, have you apprehended the villain responsible for the murder of her beloved Raymond Gokto? And he's like, not so much apprehended as I froze him to death and blew him up. I was very thorough. And then Dennis Leary's like, no, we'll paint the town red. We're going to eat ribs and just like fuck without condoms. And he's like, no, here's what's going to happen. Turns to the turns turns to the to the the gentrified folk and says, "You guys are gonna get a little dirty." Turns to the tire armor raiders and goes, "You guys are gonna get a lot clean." It's kind of meat in the middle. It's just what the fuck. I don't care. And he put he kisses Sandra Bullock, and convinces her sex is a good idea with one kiss. Yeah. Throws his arm around her shoulder and is like, "You gotta teach me how to shit." <laughs> how does three seashells work? <laughs> like that's the ending. Listen, like, baby, before we bone, teach me how to shit. Like, like most of the movies. When the good guy, when the guy, when the good guy wins philosophically, they just cut to credits. Yeah, this one acknowledges it, and then it's like follows it to its natural state, where he's like, "Yeah, I got nothing. I don't know what the fuck you're gonna do. (laughs) I gotta go. I gotta go poop." John McClane. John McClane had to take a bitch. The entire. Well, he did have some Taco Bell. I've been thinking this whole third act. I'm shit so bad. Like this movie has one of my favorite running down a hallway away from a wall of flame shots. He has to shit. (laughs) (laughs) He is pinching his butt cheeks and like running from fire. I, oh man. John McClane definitely had plenty of time to shit though and die hard. Let's say that. He just did it in an office though and used fax paper to wipe his ass. When I was taking, if I was, okay, he's taking glass out of his feet. That's a good time to take a shit. They'd follow the blood trail. You'd get shot on the toilet. Ah, That's like a rule. You can't shoot a man on the toilet. Uh, James Bond punched a guy on the shitter in Goldeneye. Well, that's punching. That's like. Or I guess that is like killed fist a guy bullet, in, a, so. in a bathroom, but he wasn't uh, shitting. James Bond shitting. also killed a guy in a bathroom. Yeah. So, what have we learned about the future? What lessons can we be? Uh, can we get? Can we glean from these movies, Kyle? I don't know if I learned them from the movies specifically, but more from us as a people talking about the movies. But I've realized that diaper culture (laughs) has a long way to come before it's truly accepted and before I can fully embrace it and still be uh, a normal person in society. Because none of these future movies have embraced it, nor have they even gone the opposite direction of that and embraced it in the dystopian society. So basically you want to be like, you want to be like the Cesar Chavez of diaper culture. culture. Um, It's a weird lesson to learn. (laughs) I guess my question is, do you just want to like, I just want to own it. Do you just want to shit yourself (laughs) or do you want to be treated like a baby? I mean, I I think, or is there a third thing thing? If you want to live your life in a diaper, and whether that is you're a person that wants to put a business suit on uh, and wear a diaper underneath it or over the pants. That <laughs> seems ridiculous, but if you wanted to, you Total can. power move. <laughs> um, I think that and if, maybe if you want to be treated like a baby, maybe if you just want to be burped, maybe if you want to be whipped 
and uh, cradled uh, any number of things. Maybe you want to be a gladiator. <laughs> Where are you going with this? <laughs> Point is that I want to represent diaper culture in all facets. <laughs> we have lost Kyle. That's what you got from RoboCop, the Running Man, Demolition Man. Kyle is gone. I told you I didn't get it specifically for those movies, but from the dialogue that was started from them. <laughs> the dialogue happened. <sighs> wow, All Nick, right. you got anything? I do. I guess I came up with something. Um, uh, it's a mine, thing. Mine has two levels. All right, and the the saying is. Whenever you meet a person, come up with a badass quip for their death. And that that's the top layer. That's like, okay, yeah, say something cool and they die. But underneath that means that you say that because you are a badass. You are an A character. You could survive this. Don't become the guy that gets shot on the street as passing, you know, uh, um scene scenery you know <laughs> don't get shot in the boardroom yeah always it's matter. like if my boss hands me a gun and tells me to point it at a machine made of guns i'm not gonna do that here's the thing Smart. if you are the man in the boardroom wearing a diaper over your <laughs> you are almost certainly <laughs> you will not be that man <laughs> What did I miss? How did you get in, in the boardroom if you were wearing a diaper? Power move! You're probably vice president of the company. Well, that's that's pretty anti He's going to tell the vice president to not shoot his oh, The president. That's pretty anti-diaper He's thinking, He's wearing a Matt. diaper, too. But <laughs> He's wearing diaper. Hold on. Stop, stop <laughs> cackling. <laughs> Just walk me through Kyle, Are you the president or the vice president? Kyle, cackle harder like an Listen, 80s. Listen, stop. Uh, vice president is just wearing a diaper. <laughs> Outside of his <laughs> President is wearing diaper overalls. Unless Simon Phoenix. <laughs> Why? Power move. Power move, bro. They're already in charge. They're already at the top. They have nothing to prove. Yeah, they don't. How do you think power moves work? It's just, it's a level of... Power moves it, what middle management listen, does and then becomes saying, an executive. In my dystopian society, the rich are so rich <laughs> that they just reverted to babies. They could shit themselves <laughs> and they're... It's like, a luxury that it. the rich have. Is this the back half of your big mistake pitch? Give it time. Matt, what did you <laughs> Thank you for listening to Climax. This was episode two, Action Dystopia. Please join us next time for a thing. <laughs>